Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Tuesday, February 22nd, 2-22-2022. Got it. Okay, that's the date. Anyway, uh, two games to get into on this podcast. We're going to start with the game that happened yesterday, the President's Day matinee against the Carolina Hurricanes, where the Flyers found themselves losing their fifth straight game, this time in overtime against Carolina by a final score of 4-3. to The Flyers in the game overcame two goal, two separate one-goal deficits in the third period against a team in Carolina that's very difficult to do that against. As a matter of fact, I tweeted this out uh, between the second and third period when Carolina had the lead in the game heading into the third. After two periods of play, when leading the Hurricanes on the season before last night were 23-1-1. Again, when leading after two periods of play this season, the only regulation loss that Carolina had, the one, the first one in that 23-1-1, was actually against the Flyers back on November 12th. Canes had a 1-0 lead in that game in Raleigh. Flyers came back and won it 2-1 and got the win in regulation. Take it a step further. The Flyers coming into that third period yesterday, when trailing after two periods of play, had a record of 121-3. The one, again, came in November on the 12th versus Carolina. Could they repeat that against Carolina yesterday? In that third period, they're down a goal heading in, down 2-1 to one in the hockey game. They get the game tied at 2. When Patrick Brown, at 5:19 in the third period, picks up a goal, but full marks on this goal to Isaac Ratcliffe. He makes a really good play, is able to do a hard wraparound play to get that puck out in front, and Brown knocks it into the net. It's one of those goals where the goal scorer wasn't the guy most responsible for the goal. That can happen. The guy who sets up the goal almost makes it easy for the goal scorer. The hard work is done prior to the shot of the man who ends up scoring the goal. And in this case, Isaac Ratcliffe, who had several good plays in the game. In the first period, really attacking on the forecheck in the neutral zone, was able to use that long reach, get a poke check on a player from Carolina, exiting their zone just outside their blue line, caused the turnover, got the puck, went in, shot it, had a great shot off the crossbar, over the high blocker of Freddie Anderson into the safety netting. Great opportunity, though. Also, just banging, using his body and using his awareness around the net to create some havoc. He was really good in the hockey game. So the Flyers get it tied at 2. But then at 7.15 of the third period, Vincent Trocek regains the lead for Carolina, his 14th goal of the season. Flyers back down. But then later in the period at 15.07, on a good hardworking shift, Oscar Lindblom is able to bang one just past Freddie Anderson, goes over the goal line, ties the game at 3. So the Flyers erase the one-goal deficit two times against the stingiest team in the third period in the NHL. Matter of fact, the Carolina Hurricanes have only given up, prior to the game, 13 third-period goals on the road the entire season. That's a a stunning number, low number of goals that they've allowed. And the Flyers got two on them. So three of the third-period goals they've allowed uh, this season have been against the Flyers. So Flyers get it tied at three. We end regulation. We go to overtime. 
And in the overtime, for the most part, Carolina had the puck. It's a possession game in overtime in a three-on-three, pulling the puck out of the zone several times to reset and try and find a good rush opportunity. Flyers did have two really good scoring chances, one where Claude Giroux stripped the puck uh, just at the Carolina blue line, went in, and Freddie Anderson made a real good low blocker save. And then another one where the Flyers had a three-on-one opportunity. Travis Sanheim carrying the puck up the left side of the ice is able to hit Cam Atkinson kind of on the back door. And Cam Atkinson cuts to the middle. And I still am not sure how Freddie Anderson was able to catch an edge there, push himself back toward the middle of the net and make that save. But he did. And then just a couple minutes later at the 4.42 mark with uh, time running down on the overtime, Brett Pesci gets a pass from Vinny Trocek, an airborne pass that he knocks down with his stick and then is able to beat uh, Martin Jones, high glove. Carolina gets the win. Flyers have now lost five straight games. And I think just kind of looking at this game, and you're going to hear Mike Yo's thoughts in just a second before we turn our attention to the St. Louis Blues, who the Flyers play tonight. But in the last three games, they've played three really good teams. The Penguins, who are the second-place team in the Metropolitan Division, the Washington Capitals, who are the fourth-place team and holding down a wild-card spot, and then obviously yesterday the Carolina Hurricanes. All three teams real good. Carolina, top team in the division, one of the best in the NHL, third-highest point percentage. And they've played all three of these games really, really tight and really tough. Not being able to win games that are there for the taking is what has cost them. But make no mistake about it, you know, a lot of people like to throw around uh, around that players or teams quit. This team hasn't quit. They are undermanned, but they have not quit. To play those three teams in three successive games and, and be in position to win all three of them, there's no moral victories. You get nothing in the standings, and beyond this year, it won't mean anything going forward. But the team has not quit. Let's get to the interim head coach's thoughts after the game. Here's what Mike Yo had to say to the media. It kind of feels like you guys have to play a perfect game yeah. to get wins. Is that kind of what they felt like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we, we definitely didn't play a perfect game today. I thought that, uh, um, I, you know, I, again, I, I do think that we're getting more consistent in areas of our game. Uh, you know, and, and when we do those things, it's we're a tough team to play against. And uh, that's a real good team. And I thought we did a lot of things that uh, – that made it hard for them to get to their game. That's a team that's able to get to their get their their game night after night. And I thought we did a lot of things that uh, that made that real challenging for them. And then I think that we did some things. We started to do some things in the second period that made it easy for them to get to their game. Um, you know, we always want to be aggressive. We always want to be an attacking team, but we also don't want to be careless with the puck because when you're careless with the puck, uh, you're not in a position to check it back, uh, which is what I thought we did so well in the first period. So. Um, you know, uh, that's, uh, again, another good learning experience for us here. We, you know, I, I would say that we, this is not one of those games where we felt like we had to play perfect, but, uh, but certainly one of those games where we feel like we didn't play a full 60 minutes to, to our capability here. Like how snake bit this team starting to feel it's three games against real tough, tough yeah. that you could have won. Well, I guess it's how you want to look at it. You know, it, uh, maybe you can build some confidence from that. Could have won, should have won, potentially. Uh, we're not winning those games. Uh, but again, I think getting an understanding of it's about us and, uh, and you know, when we do the things that we're supposed to uh, and we do them, you know, shift after shift, man after man, uh, you know, we're getting good results and, uh, and we're capable of playing with anybody. We're putting ourselves in a position to win because of, you know, things that we're doing and, and things that we're capable of doing. Uh, we're not closing out games again, because of things that we may or may not be doing at a certain time in the game. So, um, you know, what? 
for me personally, I'm, I'm not allowed to be frustrated, uh, you know, disappointed, uh, feel sorry for ourselves. We have to just remain incredibly uh, resilient right now, determined uh, to keep getting better. And uh, I'm going to ask the same of the players. Balance the frustration of not winning ahead of these offensive breakdowns with knowing that you guys have played against really very good teams to save with them. Well, it's it's challenging because everybody's competitive, you know, and uh, and everybody takes it personally. Like, you know, you're here to win hockey games. That's our job, and uh, and so uh, you know you don't feel real good after the game saying we were close to winning or maybe we could have won tonight. You know, at the end of the night, you, you feel good if you've won the hockey game. So um, that's the challenge. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, we have to really, really just harp on the idea of staying focused on the process and, and evaluating that. Were, were we strong in our process? And if so, uh, what happened? And, uh, and, and again, when, when it's not there, uh, we're not as strong. But uh, but again, this is a time where it's forcing us to keep building it and keep being stronger in it and be more consistent in it. And and, and again, do it for sixty minutes. Mike, what were your thoughts on the uh, the fourth line today? I thought that they brought great momentum for us. Obviously, they've got uh, um, you know all three guys are big bodies. Uh, you know, uh, you know, at different times they had different guys with them. I moved Ratter up to play with uh, with G and Cam a little bit there, uh, but scoring a huge goal for us. Uh, you know, Mac with the big hit and uh, and also the fight that I think that generated a lot of momentum and the building came alive at that time. Uh, but shifts in the offensive zone are very reliable. This is this is a guy you know with Brownie um, at center. This is a guy that doesn't bring a lot of points, but we've really missed them, especially with a guy like Coots out and with Hazy out. Uh, Brownie's a guy that can take face-offs for us, can kill penalties, and uh, and understands that the little things that, that are required to win hockey games. And uh, and I thought, you know, even even though he's been out for a long time, he, he added a lot to our group tonight. One or two more? Kind of, kind of going back to uh, what you talked about, about working on frustration. Yeah. You said over the last few months that what you're trying to do is you're trying to you know, instill habits and yeah. show these guys that when you do the right things, they get rewarded. Yeah. Can it be hard when the guys are doing more of the right thing yeah. and they're not getting rewarded for like a sense of fatalism to creep in as none of this even works? Yeah. Yeah. But I, th I feel like we're at a little bit of a tipping point right now with that, to be honest with you, because there's so much frustration that we're, we are pushing um, and we are getting better. Uh, you know, we're getting tougher to play against. We're giving up fewer scoring chances. Uh, we're generating more scoring chances. Um, you know, we're, we're getting more consistent in, in our game and our checking game and, and, and sort of the mentality of how we want to play with the puck. Um, but, uh, but certainly, you know, you don't hope for results as a coach, you know, you want to work and, and earn your results, but at the same time, results do help you know, build the confidence in that game and, and reinforce those things. So uh, it's a challenge and, uh, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to challenge our leaders and I'm going to challenge our group uh, to stay with it because uh, that's, what's required. Um, you know, whether it's changing culture, building a game, you know, going from a place of where we've been for the last two years to two years to where we want to go. That's a really tough job. You've seen a lot of good teams, or excuse me, a lot of teams with a lot of good players who haven't been able to break that, and that's where we're at. So I feel like we've done a lot of good things, but the next part's going to be the hardest, and we have to stay with it. What did you see on that overtime rush you guys had? It looked like an unreal safe. I'm sorry. 
your overtime rush you guys had there. It looked like it was an incredible. Yeah, play. it was for sure. I, I mean, uh, a great play by Sandy to hit Cam back door, and uh, it looked like we had the move. It looked like we had the net, but uh, but it, just a desperation save by uh, by Anderson there. Um, and, uh, you know, seems like that's the way it goes. You know, we uh, certainly not getting the bounces, certainly not getting the breaks, but we just have to stay with it and, and believe that that'll happen. Believe that, believe that it will come. Mike Yo, once again, very honest in his assessment, you know, was honest in the, in the sense that didn't say that his team played a perfect game today. They had periods in that game where they let Carolina's game come to them and dictate the terms. Flyers had a great first period. They outshot. Carolina 12 to 2 in the first and really controlled play, controlled the puck and did a, got good scoring opportunities but were unable to cash in on them. And when you come away with a period like that and you don't cash in and then you go to the second period and Carolina gets a bit of a lucky bounce as, as the puck hits off one of the seams in the glass and ends up right out in front and Nito Niederreiter picks up a goal to make it one nothing 24 seconds in. You're going oh no, here we go again. And the team is going to melt down. And we saw that earlier this season, but they didn't. On the next shift, they came out, and Jerry Mayhew picked up the goal 59 seconds into the first period, and the Flyers got the score even. So uh, it's good to see some resilience and good to see the team dealing with adversity better, but they're still the results are not what you want. And pro sports is a results-oriented business. It's about wins, and it's about losses. There is no... Moral victories for for losses at any point in any season. But uh, Jerry Mayhew, once again, playing on that top line for good portions of the game, most of the game, with Claude Giroux and Cam Atkinson, now has six goals in his last 10 games. He's performed very well for the Flyers as well. Good to see Patrick Brown back in the lineup. He was good in the game. And I thought Rasmus Verstelainen was incredibly physical in the game and played really well uh, for the Flyers in, their, in that one as well. So... Uh, Tough loss, but you got to pick up the pieces. And they got to pick up the pieces to take on a very good St. Louis Blues team tonight. It's quick turnaround. The Blues have won three of their last four. They beat Chicago back on February 12th, 5-1. to They beat Ottawa 5-2. to You go, ah, those teams aren't very good. Then they beat Montreal in overtime 3-2 on the road. Then they went to Toronto on Saturday night and beat the Leafs 6-3. to And it's the Flyers and the Blues tonight. They'll play their second game of the season series coming up on March 24th. But Craig Berube and the Blues in town tonight. So what's in store with the St. Louis Blues? When you look at the standings and where the Blues are, they're a good team. And they're a team that's very complete and very good in several areas. Right now, as we sit here on the 22nd of uh, February, the Blues are the third place team in the Central Division of the Western Conference. 49 games played, 29-14-6, and 64 points, one point back of the Minnesota Wild, 6-3-1 in their last 10. These stats, though, are what tell you this is a very good, well-balanced hockey team. You look at the Blues and you look at goals for games played. The Blues are fifth in the NHL, averaging 3.53 goals per game. Flyers, 28th in the NHL at 2.56. So a team that scores the fifth most in the NHL. Sometimes those teams tend to give up a lot. The St. Louis Blues, not one of those teams. They actually give up the 10th least amount of goals in the NHL at 2.76. So fifth in goals, four. Tenth in goals allowed. 
the power play of the St. Louis Blues. Team that scores a lot, probably pretty good, and it is. Second in the NHL, only behind the Toronto Maple Leafs, clicking at 26.9%. But can the power play and the penalty kill both be good on one team? Well, it is in the Blues case. The number two power play, the number five penalty kill. It's no mistake that they're a team that can score, they're a team that can keep the puck out of their net, they're a team that can make you pay when they go on the power play, and when they put a guy in the box, they have to kill it. They're great at that too. That is about as well-balanced a hockey team as you'll see in the National Hockey League. And that's a team that I look at and go, boy, that's a team, yeah, they might be third in their division right now, but come playoff time, with all of those assets at their disposal, they can score, they can defend, they can be good on the power play and opportunistic, and they can kill off opposition power plays. That's a team that can really do some damage in the postseason. We'll see how that plays out. It's the Flyers and the Blues tonight. Flyers look to end the five-game skid uh, for game number three of this eight-game homestand. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand-new episode of Flyers Day. Bobby!